Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I am one of your hosts. My name is Nikki and I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host. My name is Jade and I'm also a witch. So today is our most longed for moment in quite a while. We get to finish season two of Motherland Fort Salem with episode 10. I am so glad this is over. Me too, unfortunately. I really thought maybe, just maybe, they could turn this around in the last episode. Like, I was like, you know what? Maybe they're just going to surprise us all and the last episode will be amazing. That's that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. No, no. I'm so upset that this series broke me. It. I really tried. I was writing my notes and at the end of like last episode that we did when I just like sat there stuttering to myself and you were like the show accidentally broke Nikki I was writing my notes and my notes stopped making sense and I was like the show broke me again again like how did this happen oh well let's get this over with let's see if we can make sense of some of these arcs this I don't think I don't think I can. They try. We'll, we'll talk it out. I, Join I, us I, on this adventure, dear listener. This isn't like a fun podcast anymore. This is our group therapy of trying to talk <laughs> it out. I like Are that. We? All right. So we jump into the final episode, episode 10, entitled Revolution Part One. That right there set me off. It's just got a. Yeah, I was like, oh, so this is not the end of the season. And then it's been a couple weeks since it aired. So I was like, no, no, it is. Wait a. So what that tells me is they're so unsure of their fan base, I felt that they're not really sure. They got to leave it on a cliffhanger so they know they at least have a few watchers at the start of next season, which is not reassuring. This is classic kind of old TV format, like back during the episodic TV age of, you know, like the 90s, early 2000s, where oftentimes they would end seasons on cliffhangers. But that was also before the age where basically we would track TV shows and everything they did on the internet. So like a cliffhanger was actually a cliffhanger where it was like, oh my God, I wonder who's going to come back next season. Like, what's gonna happen but now like we're all on twitter we're all on instagram we can all look it up and be like hey were they renewed for the next season cool who else got renewed these people cool but this is like classic that era style where it was like part one will they survive tune in next season and you had to actually physically tune in (laughs) what a world yeah (laughs) that we grew up in yeah like Xena did this a couple times too I don't know if you remember that oh yes I do all right and my husband and I just finished Stargate SG-1 and they did it a lot too they do it a lot too as well yeah it it was extremely popular in sci-fi like when I was saying all this I kept thinking of like Star Trek all the Star Treks did that because then they would always start the new season with and now the conclusion and it was like oh yay bring it all home yeah yeah 
But anyway, this is part one. Apparently season three will premiere with part two, which we will probably not do an episode by episode for for season three because we're tired. We just can't. We can't. We, we've tried so hard and I just, I can't. I just can't. Um, this is actually super off topic, but it was kind of funny. I was just talking to Jeremy about this, who was guest starring in our episode. And he was saying how he was listening to our Witches of East End shows and like those episodes. And he was like, you guys seem to really have a good time. Like you guys look, sound like you're having a lot of fun. Like it's really fun to listen to. You're really engaging. I was like, yeah, those were the days. <laughs> the glorious, glorious past. Yeah. I was like, I miss being excited about doing an episode. Me too. I definitely, yeah, I drank for this episode. Um, unfortunately, my husband was home when I watched it. So watched it with me and we had our own little debates about the shittiness. I'm now drinking. But I just finished it and I was like, okay, let's numb the pain. <laughs> Which is not a true solution, people. I just want to let you know, we don't endorse that. No, no, I joke. I can't, I can't, I can't. People can't tell. I, usually, I make a lot of alcohol jokes. I swear I'm not alcoholic. <laughs> I swear I'm okay. <laughs> all right. So all that aside, let's hop into this. We open basically where we left off, which I almost slightly forgot where we left off. I did with the witch plague that has been let loose upon motherland fort salem uh the main unit so tally abigail rael gregorio and m are all together with adil he's not part of the main unit he just he guest stars um when you're just that awesome yeah he's honorary they're all together in this night, very dark, kind of battle-ready, post-apocalyptic kind of feeling scene where they're standing over a dead witch body that looks like it's been infected with the plague. They then kind of talk a little bit about this, kind of summarize what we're seeing before deciding to try to regroup into one of the main buildings. When they get there, the whole plague is just being like, thrown through the building it's ravaging the building you can hear people screaming inside there's like the black plague tentacles like breaking through the windows it's just a shit show and then for reasons to Camarilla and then the doctor Camarilla that experimented on Rael for a little bit there emerge from the witch plague and smile at the unit before going back into the wish play. Right, and it's all squirmy and <laughs> ominous and just, why? Why? I, I actually rewinded it to be like, did they say something? Did they do something? Did I miss like their reason? No, the reason is, hey, it's us. All right, we're, we're gonna go now. You saw us. Uh, <laughs> basically it was so that was like the beginning of how stupid this starts this is even like this is like bottom rung stupid 
and it just gets worse. The crew decides to obviously make a run for it. They can't regroup at the meeting, at the meeting, at the building. Uh, They recognize Dr. Creepy Dude and are like, we can't fight them here. Let's go. So they keep running. We cut to the opening that's remained the same in the highlight of our lives. Jump back in and the main senior units, this would be Petra, Anacostia, uh, the head necro, are all in the warded basement. Once again, they built this set. By God, they were going to use it. It took me a few to figure out, like, because the whole base is fucked at this point. That's the impression. I was like, where where are they? Oh, yeah, that's right. I really kind of hate this set. I'm not going to lie. It kind of came out of nowhere. It's super boring. It's legitimately just a bunker. It's large. It's open. There's nothing interesting. We don't get to get wide shots in it. It's just a stupidly large, boring set that we have to now use constantly because we spent so much fucking money on it. But they're all down there doing their thing. Uh, Alder comes in with the chrome saying she'll help in any way they can. She has this moment where she's like, whatever you need from me, general. And we're all supposed to be like very touched by this, but it's like five minutes since she gave up being a general. I don't give a shit. Right? This is the first time my husband and I were like, I had to stop and have this discussion. I think I did like a very world heavy sigh. And uh, I had to stop and explain. This was the stupidest arc ever. I think they're trying to make a redemption arc, but as per usual, they uh, cut out the middle bits where it's actually important. My husband very kindly pointed out, uh, oh, they took the Netflix route. Because, you know, Netflix, uh, instead of having like a year to shoot things, they just crunch everything, including post-production, into like six months. So you kind of just, well, I don't have time, so chop it. That's what this felt like. This is actually the funny thing. I agree with your husband on that one. They definitely rushed this production. But I think, I, I don't know for the outliers in this or what have you. I don't think this is meant to be a redemption arc. I think we were always supposed to be rooting for Alder. Like as the viewer, by this point, the writers were convinced that we loved Alder and were tragically sad that she is no longer the general. Oh God, I hope that's not the case. That's the feeling I get from this whole episode is they're like, man, everyone's so sad that Alder's not the general anymore. I, I know it, guys. Like, the audience is crying about this. We got to really, like, hit home how sad oh. this is. There's no redemption to be earned. In their mind, we love her. I'm just, I'm cracking up over your rendition. Oh, thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, anyway, Alder comes in, offers her help, makes this moment that we're supposed to, like, feel shit about. I'm just like, you're still here. Nikta is then brought in by the guards because reasons uh, they don't really say, but she's there now, too. And then the Camarilla just kind of march in. There's no, like, warning or, like, screams or deaths. It's literally just they turn around and the Camarilla are just, like, walking in, like, moseying on in. They're like, oh, hey, guys, 
we thought you were down here. We thought we'd check it out. Turns out you are. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And it's super stupid. I was like, oh, they just mosey in. You guys had nothing planned for this. Um, but then Nikta asks to be released. They say no, but they'll still fight alongside her. They don't want her to die. And we have another supposed to be very touching moment. If we're going to fight together, the army and the spree. Ooh. I don't care. I don't like the spree. You cannot get me to. They have murdered hundreds of innocent people. I am not on their side. I am sorry. Nikta's a little crazy. She's a little deranged, that woman. I do not oh, yeah. feel for her. I have no right, like, Nikta, no, please release her. Like, she's insane. She's kind of the Beatrice Lestrange of this world. And we're supposed to love that about her. So we then cut away from this. The main crew, the main unit is sneaking around some more. They're showing more carnage, more the school is falling apart. Everything is trash. Um, I also don't know like how long this is supposedly been going on for. It feels like maybe like 20 minutes, but in universe, it feels like it's supposed to be like hours. Yeah, I think they're getting at it. It's been like a couple hours. Okay. I was very confused by the timeline on this episode. I was like, I, I don't know where we are at. So, especially because it's like deep night now. And I was like, oh, okay. So they're sneaking around some more. They come across a Camarilla unit where M and Abigail just want to go kill them. And honestly, I've seen M do it. This is just a small unit that M has taken out easily before in a parking garage without magic. I feel like they could do this. Like this, the fact that they're like, it's too dangerous. I was like, they, they've literally done this before. This is fine. Just give them a knife. Well, step back, get out of their way. <laughs> but now there's witch plague at stake. It's different. It's different. It's all different. Uh, but Tally, oh God. Tally now finally is like, guys, I can see the frequency that they're using to block our magic. How convenient timing. She's like, let me try something. She steps out and just starts saying a note. And I guess because she can see the frequency, she matches it and this blows out their emitters. And she's like, now we can use our magic. All we have to do is hit this note and they're powerless. This was point number two where my husband steps in. <laughs> At literally, why the fuck had no one tried this before? This has literally been a problem since the season finale of last season. And just now it's like, guys, I think I've solved it. It's brand new, fresh out of basic. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I could have let this slide if throughout the season, it's like Tally has been really fixated on this tone and has been trying to study to fix it. And, you know, it's like we get like all these shots and moments of her trying to find ways to work around it or break it or meet it. 
but none of that happens. This just happens. She's just like, oh guys, I think I've got it now. Like it took me like 20 seconds this time, but I think I've got it. Again, convenience. Uh, yeah, so for convenience reasons, she does it. And then everyone else is able to match this tone. So they just kind of take out the unit and kill them. Adil then says that he needs to split off to go find his sister. And for some reason, no one says they'll go with him. And we just let Adil go by himself in, into this chaos. And we're like, yeah, he's got this. And, and separate him. So Adil's no longer with the main group. Uh, we cut to, I forgot to say this last time because it, it happened. Anacostia and Alder broke off from senior crew to go fix some things, kill some Camara, Camaria people. Uh, so they're like also off on their own, doing their own shit. So we cut to them as they're like sneaking through a random hallway of a random building. I have no idea what their mission was. I don't know why they're fucking here. They're here because we don't want them with Petra and Nikta. We want them alone. In this other set we spent a lot of money on. So that way they go. Yep. Yep. They get in a hand-to-hand fight with a Camarilla unit. This, I, I had real back and forths on. I liked this fight more than others, which isn't saying much. Most of the hand-to-hand fight scenes in this episode were total trash. Like, none of them are good, which seems very upsetting, seeing how this is a trained military operation. You think they'd be good at hand-to-hand fighting who are literally just fighting a civilian militia. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but apparently the civilian militia like are all black belts. Yeah. God has helped them if they don't have their magic. Yeah. They're not they're not capable of anything, apparently. M like was like, hey, what if I don't have my magic? I'm gonna train like a good soldier. And everyone else was like, that'll never happen. <laughs> Miss me with that bullshit. Yep. Uh, so that's what I mean by like this fight was arguably the best one, but that's not saying much, mostly because Alder fights really well, which I expect, but I'm kind of upset she doesn't fight better. Right? She is 300 some odd years old and what? I expect if you were 300 and this many years old years old, I expect you to be like a mixed martials art expert. Like I can I understand know. being a little rusty because of office work, but at the same time, like muscle memory, man. Come on. I feel like I just really wanted to see some like Black Widow-esque fight choreography. Like you know, some real like kick-ass, like clears the hallway easily keeps walking kind of thing and and you don't see that it's still a good fight it's just like oh that I could have been better (laughs) I'm upset that wasn't better anyway so they clear this unit and then as they keep walking turns out one of the unit people was alive and throws an infected knife at one of the crones who falls being infected by witch plague All the other crones kind of gather around her, which means they're all infected. They turn, give this very sad look to Alder, telling her to run as they start dying. Alder is screaming in pain. Anacostia drags her out. 
of that room into like a separate giant room. And this was like of note. We did rune magic, guys. Remember rune magic? Way back in the very beginning. Glorious. Oh my God, I was so excited. Um, Yeah, Anacostia like does this rune symbol on the door and all the paint begins to like crackle and peel around it, creating this symbol. And I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. I was like, oh my God, that also doesn't involve your vocal cords. It's something I feel like you guys could have been using this whole time. But still, look, <laughs> magic. Glorious. I was really excited about that. That was probably the highlight of the episode. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, anyway, Alder is just begins to age extremely rapidly on the floor without the crones there to sustain her. And Acacia kind of is like panicking over the top of her. And then Alder dies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's super anticlimactic. I was just about to say that. After everything, it's just, uh, whoop, all right, there she goes. It's just one random, no-name, red-shirt thug killed one crone, which got all the crones, which means Alder is now dead. That was easy. Yeah, because then she dies, and then we immediately cut over to other scenes and just poof right the fuck on. Yeah, we're just, we're like, that seems like that should have been, like, how the episode ends. You know, it's like, oh my God, Alder's dead. What? No, we have like 30 minutes left. This is all like the first like 10 minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we got other shit to worry about. Like, okay, Alder's dead. Turns out this main enemy that we're supposed to have fallen in love with by now um, for two seasons, a uh, random dude just killed her. It, Done with that. I'm making like so many Marvel references, but now it's in my head. So I'm just going to go with it. Okay. It would be like Captain America was just killed by like a random Nazi. Like it was just like some dude that got recruited just like murdered Captain America. And we were like, oh. Well, fuck. Well, damn it. That sucks. <laughs> like, like, I like that comparison. Thank you. <sighs> I have no other things to offer. I'm moving on. <laughs> That's over uh petra snaps the dude's neck so great transition literally alder dies and Akasha gets cheery and then quick cut petra snapping a dude's neck just poetic i guess i don't fucking know i mean we love petra that's that's about all i can say on that i was like yeah good job petra right just emotional roller coaster let's let's go for that and then turns out it's a kitty coaster um <laughs> So she and Nikta are not being killed. They're just kind of being like kept there. Turns out they're waiting for the doctor to arrive. Um, introduces himself, Albin Hurst. Thanks Nikta for causing all the witch hate, basically. Allowing them to really break into the world and take this opportunity to uh, further foment disaster. And then he says that the Camarilla cannot allow the union of earth and sky. And then it sounds like he's going to explain it. And then he leaves. And if you're uh, curious, it's never explained. Literally never. I have thoughts, which I will go to in a moment. 
Nope, just kidding. We're going to talk about it now before I get distracted. So I think you've, I mean, I've been thinking you've been correct about the magic base. Thank you. All of Fort Salem uses air magic. Sky. Oh, look. The main person we've been interested in is the Tareem with their earth magic. Hey, guess what? A representative from Sky, Abigail, and a representative from Earth, Adele. Getting real hot and heavy at the moment. Is this like some foretold magic powerful baby? And then, of course, it's never explained. I'm just now hopeful. Child territory is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's that's what I think they're trying for. But that was my thought. But of course, yeah, no, no real details. Man, remember when the show was about whether or not people should be drafted against their will into the army? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Like that was the question we fought to answer, and now here we are (laughs) with a prophecy child. With no smooth transition. Yeah. That's a good uh, theory, though. I, I like that theory because I was just like, huh, okay. Right? Like, <laughs> it's a very heavy line. And then it goes nowhere. He just leaves. I feel and like then- I was I was Petra on this. She's like, huh, okay. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, I feel like, okay, like, this is another, like... <laughs> out of world thing i feel like the doctor said this and was so smug and like walked out of the room he was like yeah now they're really scared and like in the room petra and nicta are like sure <laughs> basically something like that but now that now that he's revealed that one line now they can be killed just wanted to look at them once admire nikta and then let me tell you this and then bye uh i actually have another theory on that line sorry oh yeah yeah my other theory is some writer just thought it was a really cool line he was like i have this really great idea that just sounds really cool and so he said it and all the writing group was like oh my god yes and so then he just took his hand, raised it in delight, and patted his back. Uh, yeah, they'll write the rest of the plot later. They, there's no other reason for the line to be there. They just, they were really proud of that line. They're like, oh yeah, now we gotta kill them. But like, he said the line. Such gravitas, yes. Emmy status achieved. Just kidding. Yeah. Her sleeves. Petra releases Nicta's collar and they kill the Camarilla. Bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. What a fucking scene. Uh, because I think, I just, I'm going to throw this in here. I think Tally Witch spoke to Petra or Abigail did, like giving them the tone because there's that weird, like muffled sound effect that they use sometimes when they're doing like garbled head speech. speech. Yeah. Because yes, then, just... then they all know how to hit this frequency. So this frequency is no longer a problem. It's been a problem for like a year. No more. Just like that. Kalita is meditating in her room now. Two Camarillo dudes burst in. Acting all sadistic and gross. Um, Adil gets there just in time. And starts using the tone to disable them and start wailing on them. 
He gets pinned and slashed and out of just sheer panic, it seems, Kalita obliterates one of the Camarilla dudes. Um, literally, like, burned from the inside out. He's just a pile of dust. Like, it's a little, like, lava looking and then he's just poof he's gone it was he great looks, i loved it he looks like for an instant an instant the lava monster from moana like see i'm re-watching the good place and so they have little like yeah the yeah, demons yeah. yeah he he's just magma for an instant i legitimately this scene was probably actually the highest intensity scene for me in this episode because, like, I know there's certain people they're not going to kill off. Like, they're not going to kill Rael. They're not going to kill Tally. They're not going to kill these people. Adil, I'm always a little scared he's on the chopping block. He is just important enough that they know people like him, but not so important that he has to stick around for ratings. Like, I, I'm always a little scared Adil's not meant for this world plus they'd be like oh my god how dramatic would it be for abigail like i know that's there in their fucking heads so him like coming in and trying to take on these camaria and when he gets his like back completely just like slashed i was like this might be the moment we just kill adil thankfully no he's fine he's fine and yes his sister does make me just go quiet for an instant yeah, I did one of the, uh, the ooh, very emphatically and like, and had to pause it and like process this. And my husband's just like, okay, what, what's the big deal? I was like, no, no, no. She, she said they'd rather die than do any sort of violence. And she just broke her own edict that she banished her brother about. This she's is like, big. She's our like her. pacifist, like. And it was such a gruesome death. It wasn't just like she like panics and like breaks his neck or something. Like, no, he burns from the inside out. Yeah, man. Definitely. I Loved see it. why we're all slightly scared of your sister now. Yeah. What a fucking kick-ass 10-year-old. <laughs> Sorry for all the cussing people. I'm just very energetic about it all, I guess. And I have tequila. Um, that's over now. Tally, since Tally can magically just see everything, <laughs> capital S C, when she couldn't before, notes that all the little witch plague tendrils are emanating from a single source, and she can tell the source is coming towards them. Great. So the trio get like started. They're on a balcony. They get like startled by a witch who is attacked by the plague, dying. So Rael like in a panic it seems does some shroom magic and it gets rid of the plague for the switch she's fine for all of like 10 seconds and then suddenly the witch plague is back and she dies so that was nice but it gets some gears grinding with the trio on possible plans so they're gonna find the source they're gonna try and recreate that cut the head off the snake that sort of dealy bob so this was the scene by the way where i was like i don't know what's happening anymore Th this is the scene where it just turns out i was lost like next I was one like, 
the next one is where that got me. Oh God. It th- like, this is the beginning of me just being so confused for like 10 minutes straight of being like, what, what, what? And, and then it's just like, that's just me. And I had no one to like bounce this off of. It was just me being confused alone. But so yeah, they do all this and the scene. They're all just hanging out on a balcony, very Juliet style. Where the hell are Em and Gregorio? They peeled off earlier to go to tell people about the tone. Okay. I That was my first question is, wait, where are the other two? And the trio was supposed to go to operations, which I assume was Petra and like the war planning room, basically. But IDK, exactly. Again, this is the beginning of like my confusion because I I don't know if I wasn't paying close enough attention. Maybe I was paying like too close of attention to other things and I was missing things. Like, I just, I don't know. But I was like, wait, where the hell are Em and Gregorio? And then them being like, oh my God, your score magic seems to have an impact. We literally did an entire episode where Raelle's mom had to sacrifice herself because the spores cannot cure the witch plague in Raelle, the holder of the spore magic. It's all convenient. I was so I They're was like, growing in their powers. Or some other <laughs> bullshit like that. My notes were also Rail Blast Girl with spores curing her. Oh, wait, nope. Nope. Girl jumps to death. Oh. Again, the beginning of the end of my like the beginning of my confusion. That will not stop at this point. There's a reason why when we were like planning this out, I gave you this section because I was like, I can't explain this section. I don't know what happened. Oh, I got you. Not much, but I got you. Thank you. So, yeah. Start to formulate a little plan after that poor witch dies. And then we cut over to Quinn, you know, back in the session. Dodger party leader is... Because I bet making... you're all super curious about what's going on in the session yeah. right oh, now. Oh, but it, and it gets better because she's making it hail like there's a group of people in a barn behind her she's outside and suddenly like giant softball size hail just comes down and then she turns back to the group and they start clapping and i'm like so my nose is quinn causes big hail for dodger party (laughs) what the fuck mine is meanwhile back in the session dodgers do magic (laughs) so confused and then Edwin, uh, Rail's dad, rushes to tell them about the Fort Salem attack, and that's the whole fucking scene. Because it's apparently on the news. Yes. Yes. I also like this is this is of no mean. I'm not trying to be mean to this actor. I've liked Edwin a lot, as I've said multiple times. I really like this character. I think this actor does a great job with this. But you can tell how much this actor has no faith in these lines in this scene. He reads them so badly, like so poorly. I wondered if he was like abducted to be in this scene for a second. Because it's like after the Dodger party of Hail, and they're just like, Quinn and Scylla are just like chatting about their lives. And he's like, Scylla. Have you heard? Fort Salem, it's on the news. That's like legitimately how he reads it. And I was like, 
no one wanted him to take that again. <laughs> like everyone was like, got it, perfect. Let's move on. That's what I mean earlier when you your husband was like, oh, they super rushed production. I was like, yeah, they had no time for him to redo that line. Works. It's not an important scene anyway. So whatever. Um it's just to show all the characters are in this episode. That's that's it. People need screen time. Cuts over to OMG. Vice President's daughter, Penelope, is the plague source. She's super and, infected. Yeah. Yeah, man. And apparently she doesn't know it because she's like, why are all these people running away from me? But like, she's also sounds like she's high because she's not she's not there but she is it's very interesting dichotomy it reminds me of back in my college days when you'd go like drinking with friends and one of them would just get smashed so you're all trying to like walk this friend home and they're like why are you guys being so weird why can't we go back like why are you dragging me this way like they're like super out of it but they kind of at least know things are going on around them and you're like oh honey it's because we're going home they're like where what like that's her her vibe yes yeah that's better uh rail tries to blast the plague away it's too dang strong she can't sustain the magic Abigail has a bright idea. Rail will try again, but the whole trio needs to agree. And without saying much detail, they all understand and they all agree. So Abigail uh, will make her tornado as Rail does the magic as long as she can. Um, Penelope gets sucked up into the tornado and then uh, explodes. She done. I was really confused. Like, I kind of was. What did the tornado do? What? Just kept it all contained around her. So it couldn't go out farther and affect other people. And so I believe, because um, we still see Rael's magic like swirling around her. So Rael like put it in the space and Abigail kept the space as one. But as tornadoes do, you know, it picks things up. So. Okay. That, that makes sense. I did theorize that in my notes where I said Abigail starts using tornado magic. I think she's containing it. I think. Don't really know how this is working. And I was like, oh, I think she's dead. But she dies super far away, like kind of out of yeah. focus. So I was like, is she, is she dead? Is she okay? right are we good because it seems like yeah like i thought thought rail's magic would make it like just go away from her but then she seems to like explode and then the tornadoes are gone and there's there's no penelope so i i don't really know i i didn't really this is what i said this is where like my confusion was really in i was like i didn't understand the plan i didn't realize this was the plan i don't know how tornadoes work apparently even though i have a degree in how tornadoes work this isn't how tornadoes work fun fact and i i i think she died slightly off scene 
And then we cut to black, like it's a commercial break. Cut back. And I notice, oh, I guess that solved the problem. Because now it's morning time, it's daylight, and people are just wandering around and everything seems fine. I guess that fixed it. Yeah, man. Duh. This again confused the hell out of me because what we were taught about the witch plague by the senior staff is that the witch plague is self-sustaining and self-replicating. They do all those experiments with them, with the necro, where she says it'll keep growing and it like tracks her and then it like self-replicates anytime it like gets like witch blood in it and then like grows and gets bigger and like duplicates itself. So I... I'm making so many other like comparisons and I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I kept thinking about it, like kind of like the Borg of like Star Trek where I was like, oh, it's like, they just like keep replicating themselves. And that's why it's a problem. Cause unless like there's no witches, it's just going to keep self replicating like a virus. Um, but apparently that's not how it works. It's centralized in one person you have to blow up with tornadoes yeah i had no good questioning i mean i had no good answers i had no good answers so i tried not to question too deeply there was already enough things throwing me off so uh just a little recap for our listeners of how magic now works in this universe uh being really 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 sad makes spores that are super powerful slash maybe your god. And uh, tornadoes are how you destroy viruses. I'm glad everyone's up to date with this. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) And that's what the second season has taught us. (laughs) So I guess the problem is solved. Good job, crew, good job, team. Uh, I guess the vice president's daughter is dead. We blew her up in a tornado with spores and tornado magic. So Abigail and Tally and Rail are just kind of sitting on the steps of the building, looking really sad and defeated and tired. And M and Gregorio join them. This was my note number three. Where the fuck were you two? Um, but M commends them for their good work. And Gregorio, again, is very sweet to Tally. I know they're really building to that Gregorio-Tally relationship. And it's very obvious in this episode. He, like, kind of, like, gives her a small hug and is like, you're so important and impressive. Wow. Thank God you had all those narrative-needed reasons for how we could get out of the situation they wrote us into. I'm trying to hold back the laughter because it's going to be real loud. Oh. <laughs> I didn't oh, know you were going to sneeze or what. That was glorious. I just, I like that. You sassy motherfucker. <laughs> um, Adil and his sister then join them, which is really exciting to Abigail since they're alive. They all hug. It's very sweet. And the school now seems fine. That's that whole scene. Everyone's reunited. We're all good. Awesome. Again, how convenient. Yep. Uh, and again, if you feel like, wow, what a way to end an episode. Oh, no, sweetie. <laughs> We're not there yet. Boy, do we have a treat for you. 
So we got to Rael, who's on the phone with her dad, just like, hey, dad, I'm alive. Apparently, this was on the news. So in real time. Oh, my God. Which they explained at the very end of the episode. Very conveniently, because they were like, oh, fuck, why was this on the news? Uh, (laughs) Oh, wait, we need this to be set up for the plot to move forward. Let's finally set this up. Um, so her dad's obviously relieved, and then she's like, yeah, anyway, dad, I talked to Scylla. Uh, they just confess their love for one another. Cool. Good job. Uh, we cut to dead Alder lying on a slab in the basement with senior staff surrounding her. And this was where my confusion came back. Why does Alder look like a dying tree? That's what I was like. Is she a log? What? I, can't, I was super confused. I can't really describe. She no longer looks like she's like extremely old, which is like, you know, makeup and prosthetics and effects. I'm very used to the very aged, like grizzled. For God's sakes, they didn't Lord of the Rings. Like that is, we have decades of work on that. She looks like she's a tree or a log because the wrinkles are vertical yeah there's knots yeah and then they show the top of her head which is just like fucking Groot it's like a yeah she looks like she looks like Groot and I don't know why she's a tree now but I have no idea Alder's a tree now still alive somehow just barely apparently and they're not gonna explain it literally one of the staff asks how the fuck she's alive and one of them is like oh she's too stubborn to die that's not a fucking answer yeah why is she a tree is question number two that no one seems to be asking uh but anyway alder's alive and now a tree and she whispers to Anacostia, and Anacostia tells the staff that she wants to be taken to the spore wall. So we cut that. I don't know why we have this scene. Uh, I have so, nothing. Yeah. So, and, so they do so. There, there's no like, no, we just do it. Uh, Anacostia is now apparently really sad that Alder is dying and gives a very sad speech about how Alder was kind of like her mom and how she loved her and how she'll miss her, even though like Anacostia kind of planned a coup against her not so long ago. You can still think of someone as your mother figure and want them to get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> still trying to kill them. Um, it's kind of heartfelt, but then like we look up from this and the main three are there for some reason. I guess they were called. And Anacostia is like, you three should come in and say your goodbyes. And I'm like, why? Right? Like <laughs> they didn't care that much. Come <laughs> on. And then they're all super into it. Rael legitimately has been plotting murdering Alder for seasons. And no, they all give these very heartfelt, stupid goodbyes. Abigail's like, don't worry, I'll give my mom just as hard of a time as I gave you. And I'm like, you better fucking not. Like, what the hell? 
Um, yeah, it's really stupid, but it's supposed to be all heartfelt. They all cry about it. Tally's like, I now understand you in ways I never thought I did. Like you made the tough choices, but you were right all along. And I was like, really? I don't, I think the whole plot was that she was wrong all along, but it's fine. The writers are convinced we love Alder. There's no redemption here. We've loved her for ages, apparently. Yeah. Um, super stupid and then we just kind of levitate push alder into the spore wall which consumes her and we say goodbye to alder beautiful just beautiful i guess i'm so confused anyway we cut away from it senior staff that has having another office meeting uh, we discovered that 64 vocal cords were harvested before they were able to clear Fort Salem. Petro wants to know how the hell all these people got on the base. Isn't the base supposed to be warded against things like this? And why was no alerts or warnings or quarantine initiatives put in when the first outbreak was made? These are all very valid questions, Petra. Let me tell you, Petra, the writers don't know. So the other senior staff member kind of awkwardly tries to fumble around an answer and is like, well, maybe when Alder decided to stop being general, all our awards stopped. Yeah. Because that's how magic works. That's a smart defense system. <laughs> it felt, again, very like, these were all valid questions that they were like, hey, probably the audience will ask these. We should have pest Petra like voice these questions and they're like well we don't really have an answer and someone was like some intern was like maybe because Alder wasn't general the word stopped and they're like say that on camera and they said it with that much belief in the suggestion the vice president then comes in because he knows his daughter is dead this is also when I noted oh hey I guess she really is dead (laughs) It was very unclear to me, but she knew. Yeah, she got got exploded in a tornado. So he knows his daughter is dead, and he saw the footage because it was filmed. Yeah, again, God, this whole episode is, you know what? We just need everything to fall together because we fucked up everything else. So let's just make everything convenient. Yep. The film crew filmed their little thing, and then shit happened, and they kept filming. Whoa! Now be asking yourself, audiences, what kind of film crew would film such a situation where obviously lives were being lost, and it was a panic shit show? But if you're not asking that question, you might be asking... Why the hell was a film crew on base on the same day as a private execution that involved the president and one of the most wanted fugitives in the world? These are excellent questions, audience. We will not answer them. (laughs) And apparently the answer is they came to interview Penelope that day. Yeah. Why? That we don't know, but that was said at the end in yeah, at the end of the last episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
you feel like that's you know one of those events you want to keep like pretty private pretty close to the chest especially with like the president there um but no we're just allowing random film crews to come in to do side interviews with privates not even privates cadets so that's fine apparently it's fine um, the footage, though, apparently shows the main three killing the vice president's daughter, and he's put a warrant out for our main three's arrest. I was like, I don't, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can either. That's not how the military works. I don't think that's how being vice president works. <laughs> I don't think he specifically did it, but he basically coerced people into doing it. Is what and I also, that is not how the military works. You are correct. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure they have to go through military like tribunal first before they can. And then the military has to decide to turn it over to civilian before it turns over to civilian. Yeah. That's why they have like military police and stuff. Yeah, like, like, it's it's what... a military matter. But it's fine. He's vice president. He does what he wants. He has footage, damn it. He does what he wants. Distraught father. Yeah. Yeah. Just moving on. Uh, we cut away to this to our main unit meeting. Uh, M is giving a little speech to to their unit. Basically, it's like all of war college, it looks like, because it's there, like, there's like 20 people in this room. Well, their unit's actually like 10 or 12 people. We just never see them. I've only ever saw like the eight from the original when they first met M. Yeah. But like there is like, I think there's supposed to be at least a couple units in War College. And it seemed like these were maybe the other units. But yeah, again, as per usual, who really knows? And we don't follow rules on this show. But there is, yeah, like 20 to 30 people in this room. Yeah. Um, so M gives a little speech, basically paying their respects to the main three saying, that you have to make hard choices. At the end of the day, they made the right one. Even if it hurts, even if it was hard, we can't like not respect the choice that you made. You saved all our lives. Good job, basically. Uh, Tally is pretty crushed by all this. She kind of had one-off scenes with the vice president's daughter. So she's like pretty sad she's dead. Abigail and Raelle seem like less upset about this. They're kind of like, yeah, we did what had to be done. Go us. Basically. <laughs> Which I found like really funny because it's like Tally's so torn up and like traumatized. They're like, yeah, you're all welcome. Anyway, the VP marches in with people. Uh, saying that the three have worn out for their arrest and are under arrest and coming with him because that's how crime works. Yeah. You get arrested by the vice president. It's not a conflict of interest or anything. The vice president just arrests people. That's, that's how a democracy works. Not a dictatorship at all. And so begins the beginning of the end of this just shit show of an ending. And now, audience, you might be asking, wow, what a cliffhanger. They're arrested. 
Oh, no, we still have like another 15 minutes. In which? Yeah, I do also like that when uh, Vice President's like, you're coming with me, and then like everybody in the room is like ready to fight for this trio. And then Petra comes in and tells them all to stand down. Good for these people. M was about to knife a bitch. Yeah, and man. As, as we've declared, M, they're fucking deadly. Like, magic or not, I would not step on them. And so, like, M's, like, up in the VP's space. And I was like, do it. Do it. And then Petra was like, M, don't do it. And I was like, oh. oh yep. <laughs> I wanted a bloodbath for some reason. If only. <laughs> a cuts over. Quartermain is showing whatever her man's name is that they Sterling. very spe- thank you you're welcome it's like they very specifically named him last episode and i had no idea and it wasn't something i was willing to google i rewound the episode to his entrance and put on subtitles for this one scene so that it would say his name in brackets because i also didn't want to go look it up <laughs> i had subtitles on i wasn't paying close enough attention though I just re- just heard his name. I was like, who are you? I was like, Sterling, right. I knew it was something bullshit. Yeah. Sterling. She always makes me want to watch Archer. Um, Cormain shows him the security logs. I didn't write down the directions. One gate he signed for letting the TV crew in and he escorted them to the vice president's daughter. And then two other logs show he did the same thing at two other gates. He swears he only let in one. The other two are forgeries. Cornemain believes him. Uh, great scene. I thought that was going to go further. Me really too. didn't. I totally thought he was going to be like, but who would know my signature? Or like, you know, she would be like, but, like, who would think to use you when there's, like, a full base? Like, I really thought this would lead to, like, more of Anacostia being head of intelligence. It doesn't. I think also he says a line about, like, when he's first coming in, about how the vice president, you know, since he's back, he's got to go back on duty. But uh, he is, in fact, a good guy. He, and he then, says we should do this again sometime, or at least try. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anywho, whatever. Fell flat. Big surprise there. We don't know your name, man. To, to me, bad. you are like the vice president's daughter. I will barely bother to learn it, and I have yet to even say it this whole episode, so. Congrats. Thanks. She's dead now. I don't have to learn it. <laughs> it's gonna come up in her memory. <laughs> So it cuts over to the trio. Um, big surprise. They're panicking. Well, Rael's panicking about the arrangement. They're in jail. Uh, yeah, they're sitting in a cell. It is not super great. Oh, look, Nick is in there with them. Nicta's that sounds too. like a great idea. They're just in like mass holding. Processing. Nick is not helping. Talking about, oh, the witch burnings are on the future. They're going to go door to door and just slaughter everyone who's not like them. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be a martyr. It doesn't matter if I die because I'm going to be a martyr. But you guys, no, you're going to be something else. Nick does really excited about the idea of being a martyr. That seems to have been her main goal for like 
episodes now. It's just like, yeah, kill me, do it. And I'm like, wow, Nikta. Let me take out a few people with me. Again, Nikta's crazy. She's like legit insane. As we keep seeing the rest of this episode, basically, like she's got like just brief moments where it's clear and then it just, the madness takes over again. Again, I it, major Beatrice, Beatrice looks strange vibes. Like she's lethal and she's clever, but she's like not there really. Correct. Correct. Uh, Tally said that she didn't get to change anything for the better. All this effort for nothing. Basically. This is also, like I said, the writers really thought we fucking loved Alder. This is where like Talia's her meltdown and she was like, look what happened. I made Alder step down and then everything ha- like bad occurred. We never should have done that. Like I never should have said anything about Alder. We needed her. And I was like, oh, you guys really thought we loved Alder like a lot. Always the back and forth. We get really mad and then we're right back to her and then we get mad and we're right back to her. It's like a weird, it's like watching a weird abusive relationship. Yes, we have commented on it like that before. I just like, I just watched The Maid recently on Netflix too, which is like about an abusive relationship. And it does like kind of show how people will lose abusive, lose, leave abusive relationships and like go back to it multiple times. Like, I think one statistic is it's usually up to five times before someone can usually fully cut off from an abuser. I was like, yeah, it's basically what we have in Motherland Fort Salem. Like, Alder tries to kill people or blatantly disregards their, like, individuality or just sense of self. And we all get really mad. But then she's like, well, I'm 300 years old and I kind of think you're neat. And they're like, oh, Alder. And they all come running back. And we're just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. Especially with how many times we've fallen and gone back. I never wanted to go back. I thought the part, point of the show was us all turning on Alder. I thought Alder was the big bad from the beginning. But then she got randomly killed by the guy with no name. <laughs> and now she's a uh, Groot. And then she turned into a tree. <laughs> and then she got eaten by spores. So, you know. Just usual, you know, no big deal. Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Uh, next scene. Petra's visiting the president. Oh, okay. They talk a lot of little details and I didn't write down shit because I just, I didn't enjoy this scene. Uh, there's a storm outside, though, running through. Petra's just trying to convince the president, no, this is a military matter. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, please stop, basically. That's the bottom line. There's a storm going on outside. And every time President Wade says something that Petra doesn't like, there happens to be like thunder or more lightning right afterwards outside. Um president is telling Petra that it's going to happen. I'll make sure they're treated fairly, but it's happening. There's too many eyes on it. Um, the witches need to be held accountable. 
the not our daughters movement is growing too huge too fast we can't track them they're getting too crazy um basically it it has to happen for publicity reasons um and oh i noticed (laughs) the storm don't try to intimidate me oh if that was one of my storms trust me you you'd know which i kind of liked we love petra yes definitely season two petra is golden why we watched the season (laughs) part of it yes big part of it um this this scene was really weird i i agree with you where you were like i don't i don't know it was just very strange because we've kind of always established petra and the president as our two like critical thinkers kind of like there are most down to earth point a leads to point b leads to point c so when petra shows up and she explains what happened like she's like hey we were attacked my unit did what they had to to and that meant unfortunately the death of the vice president's daughter to save hundreds of lives otherwise they all would have died and i would not be here to have this conversation with you if you want this to keep continuing, hand it over to me and we'll conduct our investigation and then we can control the information. And the president shows five seconds of footage of the vice president's daughter getting murdered and is like, well, look at this. And I'm like, that's not an answer. Yeah. That's not even anything you want to get out. I don't understand why that's not being more like dismantled for for, for political reasons. Like that's mass hysteria right there. And yeah, then she's like, well, for publicity reasons, we have to keep these witches civilian accountable for a murder, which Which it wasn't. Yeah, it's basically stopping a terrorist. Yeah. So. And it's also really weird because then the implication is that like the public really loved Penelope. Like unbelievably so. She's like, this footage out, people are so angry. And I'm like, I did not know everyone was so obsessed with this girl. Because we have shown multiple times, no one really likes her. Kind of, but at the same time, we've also been not showing per se, but I saying because we put her at the head of a big old publicity campaign. Yeah. So they were forcing her to be a media darling. And initially they were on her side because of like, oh, the president's play, and then they got along and just I mean, the last publicity unit we saw with her was the uh, hearing center, the whatever center that they opened. Testing center, yeah. Yeah, the testing center where she was attacked by the Not Our Daughters movement. And the vice president tried to get her to leave with him because there was a riot going on and she wouldn't go. So I don't understand why now her death, that same rioters group is like, 
she's dead. How could you let, like, I just, the train of thought, the critical thinking, the point A leads to point B was completely absent from the scene. I was like, this wasn't a fun scene of the battle of wits. How do we play politics? How do we work together that we're accustomed seeing with these two characters? It was just like one character that seemed to know how to control an emergency situation. And one character was like, but look at my VHS player. Can you imagine? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal that. No, that's fine. But for like the eighth time this episode. Uh, Anywho, Petra walks out. She's on the front lawn of the White House and far speeches to Quartermain to move. We are a go, basically. I'm like, oh, they got this plan. Okay. Damn. Uh, What does Quartermain do? She calls Scylla. Gets on the phone with Scylla. Yeah, literally calls with the <laughs> landline phone Scylla. I thought this is like an immediate like, we're a go. Like, we're going to take the White House or something. I was like, oh, we got things in play. Or it's like going to cut to like, the break-in of the prison. No, thank you. I will make a proper out-of-area code call. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the build-up was just immediately dead. <laughs> and then, it, yeah, I'm like, what? We only have a couple minutes. What, what the fuck is this doing? <laughs> Why are we making a call? <laughs> And then it cuts over. There's no, she just, she calls Rail's dad. Hey, I need to talk to Scylla. And then it cuts away. This is also the hilarious thing. Like, this is a show. The writers have full control of this universe. So it's not like she makes a call and you hear Scylla, like, here's our time. Or like, here's the moment. It's, oh, hi, Rail's dad. Can I talk to Scylla? Like, Scylla could have answered the phone. There is no reason for that. You have total control of this universe. Nobody has landlines anymore. They don't remember how the etiquette goes. <laughs> no, it's his phone. He's got to answer it. Oh, my God. I was, I was laughing so hard at this. I was like, really? I was rolling my eyes. Oh my god, I was kind of uh, broken by this moment. <laughs> we break in different ways. That's what I'm learning. Oh, it's very uh, So cuts over to Kalita's worried about Abigail. Until finds it adorable. Uh, Kalita is upset about killing the Camarilla dude. And she feels fractured inside. It can't be put right. And Adil is very sweet. Like, no, it's okay because someone you love was threatened and it was either them or that person. That's definitely an okay time to do it. Kalita's super sorry about how she treated Dill over that exact same thing. And I've got like two liners for basically all of this, the oh, rest no, of this. So I'm just like, which which spot is it? I also think it's always funny that like Kalita and Adil have no like small offensive spells like they're either not gonna attack anyone or they're gonna murder someone you're on or you're off with this group it's what happens when you are hunted for so many years 
I've liked it. I just think it's like so funny that. Uh, yeah, that it's a, a truth. Yes. Um, Kalita wants to fight now, though. They're not going to sit back any longer. They're going to balls to the walls, man. Over this shit. And very conveniently, Quartermain walks in. And I need your help. Oh, okay, cool. Again, how convenient timing. We were just talking about you. Yeah. I'm on hold with Scylla. Can you guys? <laughs> uh, so it cuts over to the trio and Nikti are in a prison transport. Adil causes a fissure in the road. Scylla uses the crows with her new Morgan's Whisper, which I still want to know why the fuck it's called that, but I'm never going to get to know. No. Uh, to mind control the guards to release all of their prisoners. And then a storm blocks the group. And it's just so. And I like that Nikta, everybody starts to panic. Nikta's like, no, this is a government issued storm. Quartermain and Petra managed to drop in. I'm a oh my gosh. Crazy. And the storm was there just so they could say goodbye, basically. Yeah, everyone like reunites. Uh, looks like Adil and his sister are going to go with them. And Anacostia and Petra are going to go back to the base. But yeah, we're, we're breaking the group. Uh, Nikti uses the lighter to disguise the bus, which actually I thought was cool. Didn't know mm. they could do that big magic. That was cool. I liked that. Um, you know, since it's probably easier for Petra to blame the spree anyway, might as well make it look like the spree. Right. Which I thought was smart. Yeah. And Scylla so, says that they're going to go get lost in the session. Yes. So. Cool. That's but, it. We cut over. You know, my be thinking audience. This is the, it's not. It's not. Oh, it's not. We have two more scenes after this. God, and they're both horrific. So the vice president is on a plane. Looking moody AF. Yeah. Watching (laughs) tapes of Penelope getting like mic'd up for the interview. Hearst is the one like who's in the crew. He's like putting on the mic or something like that. Seems very obvious that they're setting it up that He's the one that infected her with the plague. Yeah, the doctor himself. Yep. Um, And it turns out, oh, the vice president fucking sacrificed his daughter so all the witches could be obliterated because he actually hates witches that much. This whole time. He is the one who forged the signatures. He's the one who set up the plan with Hearst. What the fuck? That felt like so out of the blue. And you might be wondering, why would he do this? Uh, Don't worry, the Dr. Hurst will tell us. They plan on somehow removing slash murdering the president so that our vice president will get to take over. Yeah, that. So they're all in league and they're going to scratch each other's backs to make it a better world and it's just geez louise it is the biggest stretch i i've seen in a long time 
I think, yeah, they meant it as like a dramatic reveal, but there's just not enough to support it. Well, okay, so it's also like, I don't know which way they want to take this. I don't know if it's just like, oh my God, the vice president hates witches so much that he'd murder his own daughter. Or if it's just like the vice president's so power hungry that he'll do whatever it takes because it doesn't, it's not really explained. I assume the first one, but But yeah, who knows really? We've also seen a lot of scenes of the vice president throughout the season, like kind of by himself or at least like... (laughs) in isolated situations where he seems like really upset of how things are playing out when like witches are dying or when his daughter's attacked, which just makes me think he's a psychopath because this was not like set up at all. If he's by himself, there's no reason for him to act like he's like sentimental about any of these things, but they didn't plan for him to be the bad guy. So they, did those scenes and now he is the bad guy and it makes absolutely no sense again revolution part one we cut away just wait we cut away to the base go deep underground following the mycelium deeper and deeper it's pulsating there's like a heartbeat to it Oh my god, it has Alder like in the middle of a cavern and she's being restored to normal. And then we end. What the, the fuck? My- the mycelium was also confused why she was a tree. <sighs> I was so excited because I was like, oh, we're done with Alder. We don't have to do that. Dance anymore. Yeah, nope, nope. Motherfuckers. Uh, so but we're done so did you ever watch riverdale yes okay i only got like did season one couple episodes in season two and then i couldn't stand it anymore okay no good that that's all you needed because i also only watched season one and then i quit my main critique about riverdale my main point in riverdale season one because that's all i've seen no one at me is that season one is really frustrating because it's set up like a murder mystery. But what they just do every episode is explain why everyone is still a suspect. And they just consistently add more suspects or explain why that suspect is still a suspect. So at the end of season one, when it's revealed who the murderer is, There's no real way for the audience to have figured it out or for it to have been narrowed down to anyone at any point, because the point of the whole season is everyone's a suspect, but we don't have to do smart writing. And when the last episode comes around, we can say whatever the fuck we want. And look, we set up the whole time. He was on our suspect wall. That's not a good way to write a murder mystery. It should be as the line goes on, you narrow down your suspects so that the audience can kind of like play along. Um, This gave me very similar vibes. We never really had a suspect of who was behind the Camarilla. Hell, we never even had a named person in the Camarilla really until the doctor came around and he just dropped his name. So he had a name in one scene, which was the last scene. So they could reveal whoever the fuck they wanted to be behind the Camarilla. They could be like, and Anna Costia was behind the Camarilla the whole time. And I would have been like, 
Yeah, I mean, there was no evidence to the contrary. Because nothing was ever set up to point to anyone. So cool. And that's exactly what they did. They were in this corner where they were like, we need someone to be slightly behind the Camarilla. And they're like, well, we have this vice president laying around. It was like, oh, cool. Like, Same effect. Shove them in. Like, it could have been the president for all I care. Like, that would have made just as much sense. It could have been the unknown grunt who freaking murdered Alder. And I would have been like, yeah, I knew I, knew I couldn't trust grunt number four. This show had no idea where it was going all season. It was lost. It was like a sad puppy in the woods where sometimes it was cute and you were like, oh, that was fun. But most of the time it just wandered in circles and you were like, what you doing over there, honey? And then it just got eaten by a coyote at the end. Um, that's... Thank you for that. That wasn't a downer on top of everything. It's my analysis of season two. Beautiful. I, yep, so glad it's done. Remember also when we had a total other coven of witches that would come in to our aid from time to time, led by a witch father? That was nice. I, I liked, I liked that too. Yeah, but then we got two guys and then we didn't need the other guys. <laughs> we need no more guys. Except like Sterling. <laughs> but we needed for reasons yeah yet to be this close i don't know anywho there was this episode brought to you by no i'm just kidding uh let's do our deep dive before we just keep spiraling i i was just gonna say there was a moment i think it was when petra was in the office and she was asking like statistics for like how many people fell and they mumbled that like horrible excuse response i actually rewinded that scene because i wasn't paying total attention to all her questions and I thought she asked where the witch father's coven was and they said that he was dead. And I got really scared. And I was like, oh my God, no. But that wasn't what she asked at all. She asked about a different general. It wasn't him. And I was like, oh, never mind. That would have been like way too close of a callback. Like that would have been some like in-universe shit. We don't have time for that. That was it. That was my last thought. It was like, I had a moment of fear that was immediately like, oh, they forgot about the witch father. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Dead and gone. Yeah, he's unimportant now. Oh, God. Okay, so Motherland for Salem's over, guys. Um, thank you for those who uh, stuck it out with us because season two was god-awful. Broke us both. I I can't I can't believe it got so bad so fast. Like so fast. Uh as I said earlier, I don't think we're gonna do episode by episode of season three because we like ourselves a little. Physically can't. Yeah, I, I can't keep taking notes on Alder. I can't keep saying Alder speech. Can't keep saying Alter does an Alder speech and everyone loves her again. Um, I I might watch season three like on my own just to see how this ends. Because I do think season three I read will be their series finale. I sounds like that's what they have planned. So I'm 
happy to finish it on my own and then maybe just do like a one episode here's what happened in season three like quick fire kind of thing just so we have some conclusion as a whole I don't know I get the feeling like I'll probably watch season three episode one maybe two just to give it a shot see how it transitions from you know into part two and then I get the feeling like I'm not going to be able to continue on my own either. So we'll see. We'll see. This feels like something I'm going to put on when I'm like painting a lot or like drawing a lot. When I have a very monotonous task, I should actually be focusing on, but I want background noise. I feel like that's going to be season three. Cause then I can occasionally look up and be like, Oh no, not Alder. I just fuck it. Um, but I think we're going to try to play that out and before we get any deeper into future plans, yeah, let's let's get into this deep dive. So again, not a ton of um, magic going on in this episode. So we're going with spirit magic for our deep dive today. Uh, we can kind of relate it back. There's there's some of that, you know, shroom at all. Uh, Nikki. I don't have a ton to add to this, unfortunately. Please, please take us away. Yeah. Um, I just kind of decided to do this because we've kind of broadly gone over the four major elements. And so I figured to kind of, let's just kind of cap it all off by talking about spirit magic, you know, number five. And this is something that's symbolized a lot when you draw pentagrams or pentacles where you have the representation of the four elements and then the fifth element is usually just spirit. Spirit magic is represented usually more of the self and as far as like colors and magic and summonings go, it's purple and will be kind of the final thing that you summon within yourself for rooting you to it or when you're calling a full circle, it's, that's where spirit comes in. Spirit magic as obviously being a magic itself is very individual, but can be influenced by the other four elements. I never really invoke spirits in candle magic unless I'm doing all the elements. So I'll never just do like a spirit candle or like a water in a spirit candle. It's, it's all or it's, or it's not gonna be included. Obviously it can be done different ways. That's just how I feel comfortable with it because spirit is so unique in general, I also like to have it a bit more like grounded and represented all around. Uh, lots of ways you can use spirit magic, depending on your religious preferences, on your spiritual preferences. So we've talked a lot about how we invoke angel and celestial magic from time to time. I've also used spirit magic and done spirit candles that have been engraved with like Hebrew symbology, because that's kind of area I was raised in that's kind of what I know the most and can reflect on and obviously as I said this can be put more towards what your focus is I've also seen spirit candles and spirit magic used um, a lot with like the catholic candles that have like the saints and the angels and everything kind of printed on them uh, that can be used there's also jewish candles that are blessed that you can use for such practices as well I mostly invoke spirit magic for candle work or full circles, 
but you can use it for other things such as meditations, groundings, bindings, banishments, cleansings, and blessings. A lot of things that you would use in spiritual magic are similar things that you would use in blessing or angelic magic. I think we talked about last time, this would be like moonstones, quartz, uh, white, clear crystals. As I also said, it being invoked by purple, this also brings in amethyst and I think certain rose quartz can also be used for this. That's iffy though, don't quote me on that. As I said, I'm not a major crystal person, so I just remember some thoughts. Um, in addition, this brings you back to herbal work, which would be the lavenders, the salts, the basils, and the sages. So kind of your main four that I've seen in spirit magic, in addition to uh, cedar is actually my favorite to use for spirit magic. I have a full cedar bundle and it's supposed to help ground and like clear the spirits and the energy around it. So I like to burn that as well whenever I'm doing spirit magic. And that's all I got. Usually, as I said, represented with the pentacle, invoke the others, throw it in. Boom. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't use it. I don't, I have invoked it, but, and again, it's only been with a full elemental circle. But that was when I needed some, when I felt like I needed some juice and some grounding, honestly, which is not terribly often with my spells because I do try to make them in alignment with certain specific elements, directions, etc. If you're summoning a full circle for whatever reason, for whatever spell where you want all four elements represented, I think it's always a good idea to just put spirit in as well you know it does nothing but really like ground combined and just kind of add an extra like oomph to whatever you're doing um to your practice and your focus that's that's all i had wham bam thank you ma'am nikki miss witch on the couch what are you drinking this week oh man i mean i wish i was drinking something harder during the entire episode watch I was telling Jade beforehand where I was like, I should have had something to drink during the episode watch, but I knew that would just make the episode take longer. So I didn't, uh, but I just made a kind of variant on a tequila sunrise. So I had some tequila left and I didn't have orange juice, but I had tangerine juice. So I used that as my base and threw in some grenadine. And just because the tangerine juice is a little sweet, but um, it's just a bit more sour than orange juice because it's tangerine. Um, I threw in a bit of limoncello just to mellow it out a little bit. And it was good. It, you know, it got me through this godforsaken episode. Woo! Good. Glad to hear it. Thanks. It sounds yummy. It, it was pretty good. I, I was pretty happy with the combination. But that aside, Jade, final episode of Witches motherland for salem i can't uh we're of happier times <laughs> what are you drinking tonight uh so since i was drinking earlier for the episode i drank strawberry sparkling water little little soberino help my body just a smidge while i can i'm out of sparkling water i actually wanted some tonight as well and i'm very sad i realized i drank my last one yesterday no yeah Sad face. That's a bummer. 
speaking of bummers, there's a lot of reasons to be bummed. But if you are so deep down that you are thinking of committing suicide, please do not. Uh, You have several options to speak to people. One of them would be the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. You can also 24-7 text HELP to a crisis hotline at 741-741. You can also go to an ER and tell them you're having suicidal ideations and they can check you in and get you someone to speak with as well. Uh, It was really hard to start speaking about it, but it really, really helps. Trust me. Thank you again for everyone who went with us on this. I want to call it a journey, but I feel like that sounds too optimistic for what this season was. I can't believe you stuck out with us. Thank you so much. If this is like your favorite season of your favorite show, I'm sorry we were so down on it, but I just couldn't by the end, as it turns out, it it broke Jade and me. There were just moments in our notes where we just, we didn't know what to say. It just happened. So what we will probably be doing in the future is picking up a new show to do for our next kind of long run. Uh, I sounds like we're planning on secret circle. If all goes planned, if all goes as planned. Thank you to that listener who suggested it. I'm sorry we took so long. We're getting to it, though. Yeah, we had to get through all of Motherland Fort Salem, which we thought would go by way easier than it did. But thank you again for everyone for joining us and listening. Please like, review, comment, subscribe, whatever you got to do to help more wandering witches find our podcast. Thanks for listening to this Motherland for Salem wrap up on this morning, afternoon, night, evening, day, whenever you tend to be listening to your podcast these days. You want more of us? You can follow us on Instagram where we are still just witches on the couch. You can leave us uh, suggestions for any shows you want us to watch. Uh, as this season has proven, we'll watch apparently anything. So keep that in mind. There are no bad answers. <laughs> It's all just a matter of timing. That's all. It's very true. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us. And we will uh, see you all next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.